Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake, brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, here's 93.7 at Ticket's Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake, sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Friday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break. Fun show so far. Check out the podcast at theticketfm.com. The show is sponsored by Gaina Trucking. You can check out their current job openings at gainatrucking.com. You can always watch us on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. And call or text 402-464-5685. We have a special guest, Sip, to begin this hour. He was in Lincoln yesterday for the Big Ten Network, the bus tour, their first stop on the bus tour. And I'm talking about, of course, Sip, our friend, Jerry DiNardo of BTN. Jerry, good morning. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll get right. We have a lot we want to ask you regarding your visual practice yesterday, but we'll start right away with the quarterbacks. you got you and Dave Rebson and everybody else. We're looking at the quarterback room. Howard Griffith. Howard Griffith. And you saw Casey Thompson, Chubba Purdy. Let's, let's start with Casey Thompson, Jerry. I mean, he's the projected starter right now. Did you see enough for him to believe he can be a, a you know a, a good quarterback? What did you see from him yesterday that you liked or, or didn't like? Well, I think, Jake, you probably said it right in the question. I, I did see enough to think that he could be a good quarterback. You know, again, this was the seventh practice, and I know they've had spring practice. Uh, I, I, I think when you take a transfer, and obviously this is a big part of college football now, you know, expectations are probably higher for – transfer portal guys than they are with incoming recruits in in most cases and I and I think there's a lot of expectations for Casey Thompson you, you know when you look at last year's season and you look at the previous season you know it wasn't all that much about the stats of quarterback it was about making the right decisions and so you know obviously you watch one practice the seventh practice of the of the fall camp and you know Casey looks like he's obviously Going, going to be the starting quarterback if they had to decide today. But, you know, the issue becomes, you know, what's it going to be like game time as far as decisions? Now they're trying to blend two different offenses together, so there's a learning curve for the coaches. There's a learning curve for the players. You know, to think that Casey Thompson is going to come in the first game or early part of the season and be a great quarterback, I think it's an unreal expectation. 
I think the team is built so that if it's not all that quarterback-centric the first few games, they can have some success. You know, all spread teams, in fact, most of college football is more quarterback-centric now than it ever has been. We know that because of the spread. But you don't want to put a new quarterback in such a position that he has to win the game. So the short answer is yes, I do. I think he's good enough. Yes, do I think you're going to have to be patient. And I know patient isn't a virtue. Uh, I, you know, I think there's going to be some development here during the season. Jerry DiNardo joins us. Jerry, you, you coached at three different collegiate institutions. So you look at head coach, Jake, head coach, mm-hmm. three different collegiate institutions. So you probably watch practice at a higher level than people like me and Jake. Um, yeah. Eighth graders do that. <laughs> the, what were you looking for when you go – or just when you go to a practice, what, where, where are you training your eyes first and foremost? Yes, yeah, so this, this is really uh, a tricky question for me to answer for this reason. Okay. Uh, we, we only get to see one practice, obviously, sometimes two, depending on our calendar. But most of the time, one practice. We don't know necessarily how many guys are out. We don't know if they're tired because they've had a harder day the day before. And so I'm going to couch this answer with last year I walked away and I wasn't impressed with practice all that much. Huh. And I say that and I say that to say, hey, it could have been the, the 16th straight practice. It could have been... There could be a million reasons. If I told you, you just mentioned that I've been a head coach at different places. I have bad. We all have bad practices. Players have bad practices. Coaches have bad practices. So last year when we left, we said, ah, okay. And then we went to Illinois and we were very impressed with the Illinois practice. And maybe that was their first practice. Maybe that was their second practice. You know, there's all these things that influence practices. So I say all that to say I was really impressed with yesterday's practice because it was so much better than last year's. But today could be worse than last year. I mean, you just don't know. And so my my answer is and my opinion is I thought they got a lot done. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really well-done practice, as good as practices that I've seen all around the conference. And I didn't walk away with that impression last year. Now, the positive side is it could be the new staff. It could be the chemistry of the team. There's a lot of positive reasons that I walked away with a positive impression. And so you just never know. But when you say I look at practice, that's how I look at it. A lot of coaching going on. It's well-organized. You know, it it just was impressive. Jerry DiNardo joins us from BTN. Uh, Jerry, you tweeted this. As expected, a lot of emphasis on special teams, all but two coaches involved with Coach Bill Bush leading. What, what did you, what beyond that did you notice, and why did that strike you, the special teams part? Well, because it's an issue, right? Another reason I go to practice is to see uh, you've lost a lot of close games, and there were a lot of close games decided by special teams, right? So, I mean, when you go to practice, what are you looking for? Well, you're looking for what has to be fixed. So, what uh, what has to be fixed is quarterback play. What has to be fixed is special teams. And they, if they fix those two things, they're they're more likely to win the close game than they than they were last year. So, I spent more time watching special teams than I did. I talked to Coach Frost about it, and I said, how, how will you organize? Because there's a lot of different ways to organize special teams. And so there's a, there's a couple variations. And I think Scott has hit the best variation 
for his his staff, obviously, and that's to have Bill Bush in charge of it. But while he's, for instance, while he's coaching the kickoff team, there's all but two other coaches coaching the rest of the team. It's no different than an offensive coordinator having an offensive line coach, having a wide receiver coach, having a running back coach. So Bill Bush has a he he has his own staff when it comes to each of these special teams, which is a way a lot of coaches do it. For instance, you know, when I was at Colorado with Bill McCartney, I had the left guard and the left tackle on the punt team. Hmm. But but Mike, but Mike Hankowitz was in charge of the punt. And so sometimes a head coach will just give the whole operation maybe to the special teams coach and the grad assistants. Right? Well, as soon as you do that, the players know, well, how important could this be, the grad assistant coaching me? And so there's ways that you can kind of tell how much emphasis is on special teams. And so that's, that's what I saw yesterday. Bill Bush in charge with a lot of other coaches helping with Jerry, I guess on that note, had you not seen that in the past? Have you seen Nebraska practices? Or have you, had you seen special teams at all practice when you were here in well, years past? Well, you, you, you know, again, this is, you know, this is the slippery slope that I'm on trying to take so much out of one practice. Okay. I didn't necessarily go there last year looking for special teams. So I probably didn't spend much time, right? Because I didn't expect to be on the, the phone with Jake and Sip asking me about special teams because it wasn't an issue last year, right? Sure, sure. So I don't even remember how I looked at special teams last year. But I'd be darned if I was going to go and not look at special teams yesterday. And, and again, you know, they could have had a great special teams practice last year when I went, but I really don't know. Gotcha. And so, again, if I was at camp every single day, I'd have maybe some different opinions about things. And, but, again, you know, I went to Illinois last year to watch Bieber's first practice. We sat in his team meeting. We were totally blown away, not only in the team meeting that we sat in, but the way he ran practice. Uh, and, and so you do that with, with every team. You, you, you go there with certain expectations, and you leave with certain impressions. So my Jerry DiNardo, BTN, who was in Lincoln for the bus tour yesterday for BTN with Dave Revson, Howard Griffith. I'm, I'm curious, Jerry, I mean, Nebraska's offensive line has not been very good for a couple years. They have a new line coach in Donovan Raiola. And some returning faces and some guys gone from the line, of course. Cameron Jurgens gone to the NFL. Nuri Nawili is suspended for the season. Did you see anything from the offensive line? How do you feel about Don Mariola being able to make that unit become, you know, not below not below average, but average or better? Yeah, okay. So, so, so another thing you do when you go, you say, okay, after walking out practice the entire time, how does this team personnel-wise match up with their opponents? And so I look, I, you know, I go to the offensive line. Hal and I just go to the line first. We go to the offensive line first and then defensive line. We, we got a little bit off schedule yesterday. but So the offensive line, they, they look like they got a bunch of guys. Uh, they look like they're well coached. But at the end of the day, Jake and Sip, if you look at their schedule and you look at their entire roster, including the offensive line, they have as good as players as three-quarters of their opponents. I mean, that's... That's what it comes down to, right? Penn State is struggling with their offensive line. I remember when Bill O'Brien went there to go over for Joe Paterno. You know, Bill and I were talking after practice. He inherited a bunch of guards. They were a bunch of like a six foot two, 260 guys. I said, we were talking, we have no tackles. So you look at, you look at Nebraska's offensive line, they're as good as, as most of the teams we're going to see in the, in, the, in the conference. I mean, we're going to Northwestern today. I mean, Northwestern's got the great left tackle Skaronsky, but other than that, they're going to be the same as Ohio, the same as Northwestern. We're going to go to Illinois on Saturday. They're going to have as Nebraska's going to have as good offensive line as as 
uh, Illinois. I mean, look at their schedule. You can't tell me that that offensive line that I saw yesterday can't block the first three or four opponents. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, how good are they? I, I don't know. But I know they're good enough to move the ball against Northwestern. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, North Dakota. North Dakota. Georgia Southern. And, and Georgia Southern. I mean, seriously, what are we talking about here? Okay, Jerry. Jerry DiNardo. I'm going to zoom out. I'm going to zoom out before we zoom back in. Does, does, is Nebraska equipped to win the West Division? Is it, does it belong squarely in that conversation? Well, I'm at a disadvantage because I've only seen one team. Okay, so let's go. Let's so let's go through the West and talk about expectations. Okay, Tim? I, I I think their I think their their roster is as good as Northwestern's that we're going to see today. I think their roster is as good as Illinois's that we're going to see on Saturday. Uh, Purdue, you know, Purdue's a little bit different because they play the game different. Okay, so they're. Uh, you have to look at Purdue differently. Purdue uses the pass game as a talent equalizer. Mm-hmm. So, so they can do things maybe that a team with the same amount of talent can't do because they're more explosive. And Jeff says to his defensive coordinator, I don't care if you blitz and make a big play. Get the ball back. We'll, get, we'll make a big play. So, so Purdue's always a, a, uh, uh, one that it's hard to figure out. Uh, Wisconsin moves the top to bottom, might be stronger. Minnesota. You know the way they play the game. I think you can hang in there and beat them because they're they're not explosive. So can they win the West? I, you know, remind me who their crossovers are because first of all, I believe if you're undefeated in the West, you should go to Indianapolis. So I think the way you could win the West is not all that sound. I mean, if your crossovers impact what you winning the West too much. Uh, so who who's their crossovers? Remind me. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, it is Michigan is a crossover. Um, Rutgers, Indiana, and yeah, yeah, yes, and Rutgers, and Rutgers. Okay, so that's 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 a, that's a good crossover schedule. Uh, I don't know, Seth. I mean, let me let me see the other six teams before I say can they win the West. I, I know this; they can win more than they can lose, and they can go to a ball game. You think that's that? My first impression. You think? Yeah, that? I, I think that. Yeah, I think that because of their schedule. I mean, plus I think they they're better. You think they're I mean, better? I think they're better. And I, 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 you know, when you go to Ohio State, it looks like a different, you know, it looks like a different sport. You know, I mean, they just have so much talent. Great. And then everybody else, you know, it's it's fairly close. And and what's what's expected of Nebraska this year, I think they can do it. But I think people expect the ball game, and I think that's reachable. I think the coaches think it's reachable. I think the players think it's reachable. And and they may think even more than that. But why not? Look at their schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the schedule's gettable, Jerry, and, and I think I go back to last year real quick because Nebraska began as, as you mentioned at Illinois. They lost the game that was deflating for the season. They went three and nine. I'm curious. We've talked a lot about on this station regarding the importance of the very first game in Dublin against Northwestern of getting the wind as a team that's missed five straight bowl games. For this team to make a bowl game, I know it's only one game, but how important is it for them to win that game and and avoid another zero and one start? Yeah, I, I mean, to me, you know, it's all all important. It may be the most important game of the year. And that's, you know, you don't always say that about the first game because obviously if you don't win it. But, you know, at this point, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you make it that important. So I don't know, you know, there's a motivational uh, part of this game. I don't know how, you know, I don't know Scott's motivational tactics and all that. Um you know, when I was at places that the wins were hard to come by, Vanderbilt, Indiana, you know, I made 
the ugly games the most important games. You know, when I was at Vanderbilt, uh, you know, beating Alabama in the opener wasn't really necessarily the most important thing to me. But beating Kentucky and beating Ole Miss and beating teams due by non-conference schedules, beating teams that I matched up with, that was all on me. And when we lost the matchup game, I, I was miserable because it was my fault. And so, but again, I mean, Nebraska's had some challenges with their schedule. I mean, uh, Northwestern has the week off after the game. Nebraska doesn't. And so the time change and all that. So, you know, the, the, joining the conference, some of the, some of the scheduling has, has, has been a challenge for Nebraska for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Jerry, Jerry DiNardo joins us. Jerry, there's been a lot of, oh, I'd say a fair amount of buzz around here about the outside linebacker position, the edge rushing position. Garrett Nelson, O'Shawn Mathis, Caleb Tanner, um, those those guys. Did that position jump? At, I know it's a loaded question. Did that position jump out at you at all? Yeah, in fact, you know, we had a, me, Howard, and Joshua. Joshua's a linebacker. Yes. Uh, and we we had a conversation about where we have the roster, obviously the key state of the roster, and there's no defensive ends on it. There's edge edge rushes on it. Just right. edge, it says. Edge. So it's edge. So, you know, we started talking about that. So I was I was giving Joshua the business now. Is that edge in a two point stance or is he in a three point stance? Where's the outside linebackers and all that? So, yeah, it did jump out at us. And there's a couple guys there that look like I'm pretty sure they're transfers. We were talking about it. You know, it's it's part of what uh, college football has become. You know, everybody talks about the Ohio State defense, right, how they they, they really struggled last year, and they, and they certainly did. And, and Ryan made the right decision in making a change. But even the new coordinator, uh, uh, Jim Knowles, he doesn't have the Bosa brothers, and he doesn't have uh, – uh, who am I missing? Uh, Dwayne, uh, uh, a great defensive end. And so, you know, when you have a, an edge rusher, it changes the whole thing. It, it changes what you can do in coverage and everything else. So this has become, you know, this has become a big part of college football. I, you know, I, I met with Eric and interviewed Eric after the, after the, the uh, practice, and I, one of the questions I asked him, you know, why – and why is the one thing that's improved every year since Scott took over your defense? And, you know, he said, well, you know, we've stayed with the same scheme. And, you know, he, he gave a, a very good answer. But when you look at their defense, and I didn't spend a lot of time in their defense because, again, I was there trying to figure out what it was going to look like. And I, uh, whether I'm right or wrong, I'm, I'm going to take it for granted that they're going to play good defense like they have. But the edge rush has become a new position, and it's because everybody's running spread attacks and pass game has become a bigger part of college football. Jerry Donato, one more from me, Jerry. Do you have a sense of the heat that's on Scott Frost? And, and do you, would you have any counsel for him as a man who's been there? Well, you know, Scott is hard to read, as you know, personality-wise. Yes. And, uh, you know, unlike me, you, could, you know, I, I probably let my feelings uh, obvious. You know, Scott doesn't. Uh, let me say this. I, I Every time I come here, I love talking to Scott. And I probably talked to him longer yesterday, and I really appreciate his time than I ever have. Uh, and we had, a, we had what I consider a great conversation about a lot of different things. Uh, and we'll 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 leave it private at that point. But I can't uh, I can't tell. I, I can't, he's no different to me 
as he was uh, the first time I met him way back when he first came here. And I'm guessing part of that is because Tom Osborne is one of his mentors, mm-hmm. and that's the way Tom was. And so uh, Scott's a great poker player. But I love I love to visit. I I always I never take for granted the fact that we can come and watch practice and visit with him. Jerry, remind us again where are you guys headed to today on the bus tour? We're going. We're doing a day trip. We're in Chicago. We're just going to go to Northwestern for a morning practice and come back. And then okay. tomorrow we head to Illinois. And then uh, Sunday we fly to Rutgers, and we go Rutgers, Maryland, Penn State, maybe Michigan, Michigan State, and then I kind of lose it without looking at my schedule. That's fine. Well, we will look forward to all the coverage. thank you. Thank you for the time, Jerry. We appreciate your insight. We will chat with you again down the road. Thanks for having me, Jake. See you guys. All right, take care. Jerry DiNardo, Big Ten Network, who was at practice yesterday for the BTN bus tour. Dave, Dave Dave Revson, Howard Griffith, Joshua Perry. Great stuff from Jerry. Came in loud and clear. He did. I thought that. I thought that last part about Scott was interesting. Uh, that Scott, you know, his demeanor doesn't change much. At our event at Tanner's, um, I spent a lot of time with Scott at that thing, and he was. I I I, I was struck by how hard of an edge he had. Uh, struck in a good way. He's not beaten down. He doesn't seem beaten down to me. You, you heard him speak. Did he sound beaten down? No. He sounded revved up. He sounded revved up to me. Yeah, he sounds – yeah, and he's got a he, – I think he's got a hard edge. And what you hope is that his team shows that sort of edge. Jerry laid it out, Jake. And he said what we say, but it means more to me when, an, when a – we'll call him an outsider comes mm-hmm. in. He doesn't spend all his time like we do thinking about it every single day of the year. He just swooped in, and what he saw was a team that should go to a bowl game. Yep. You know, he wouldn't go so far as to say win the West, you know. He didn't say they couldn't. No, should be in that. But he said they have as good of or better talent than three quarters of the teams they play this year. Wisconsin might be better than them talent-wise. Michigan might be better than talent-wise, and I guess maybe Oklahoma. But other than that, they should have as good of or better talent than the rest of the teams they play. I mean, so best case is you win eight and squ- and, and and upset somebody, maybe, and win nine. I mean, that's not best case. That, that's not best. That, that shouldn't be best yeah, case. That scenario would be, but, it, but that, that's not necessarily the best case. Right. Scenario. But that's – it's a tricky conversation. And it's why I – it's why, by the way – what we just established is why I don't say six guarantees Scott another year because they should win six. If you win six, you're just kind of doing what you should do. I think he needs to do a little bit more than what they should do. And I think Scott – see, I don't mind saying that because I think Scott would be disappointed with six. I think Scott Frost would be disappointed. That's just – I'm conjecture. I don't – he didn't say that to me. Um but I think he would be disappointed with six. I mean, I know him well enough. He's a hot competitor. Hot competitor. He doesn't just want to hold on. Yeah, I don't think he came here to have six wins in his no. fifth season. That's no. not why you came back here. Right. So, you know, this this team should be in the seven, eight, and perhaps if if they get breaks, if they get some breaks, a nine win team. I'm, I'm not predicting nine. 
But it, would it shock me if they won nine? No, it would not uh, shock I've, me. I've said before, Northwestern went from three and nine to nine and three. They've done it. I sh- Michigan State did it recently. Remember that? They went three and nine and went nine ten wins. Mm-hmm. They, it can happen. It's happened in this conference several times. You hear Jerry recently? You hear Jerry? Jerry said they're better this year. I mean, they had two second round picks. Cam Taylor, Britton, Cam Jurgens. They had two second rounders, and Jerry thinks they're better. Well, I also like what he said about special teams that there's a lot of attention. All but two assistant coaches were with special teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's called laser focused. I hope so. <laughs> Dial then. I wish you'd pick up on some of that. <laughs> you know, now, now you're asking for too much. Now, now you're asking for way too much out of me. I think I'm having an appendicitis. <laughs> yeah, you keep saying your appendix hurts. Yeah. Don't don't let Derek scare you. Derek said it looks like your appendix. You know. Don't let him scare you. Well, you do that Google thing. Why? Why would you ever do in the middle of a show or ever WebMD? That's just like you just. All the possible things you could find. Spin out of control. Exactly. Mentally. Oh yeah, it looks like I got some sort of got this disease in that one too. I need to leave. I think I'll be all right. Stay away from weapons. Thank you, Jerry Donardo. Yes, that was wonderful. If you miss any of that, it'll be on the podcast page after the show. But all great, great stuff from Jerry Donardo, Big Ten Network. More next on early break in the ticket. Wendy's two for six dollars lets you mix and match some of our best items, like. Dave Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs. Medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich. Spicy chicken with a Dave Single. Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. If you're into that. Chicken Sam, crispy nugs. Crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade. Dave's, Dave's, nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. On the card only. Single item at regular price.